Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. All right, let's get right to it. Here's media availability for Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan. On August 17th, um, not not every school will, will potentially be in that position. Have, have you spoken with Kyle yet about a potential start date? Well, at this point, Josh, uh, we're planning on, on starting as is the 20 hours, uh, which is the first big step on Monday. Um, as the commissioner mentioned earlier today, you know, that's, that's video work, that's continued strength and conditioning work. And then of course, you know, getting on the field with, with walkthroughs, we'll do that for a few work weeks. And our plan as it sits today is to be able to start contact practice on the dates that you mentioned. Um, you know, again, this is all going to be decided by where our county and, and university officials are at and our state officials, and we'll continue to follow their lead, but that's our plan as we sit here today. Okay, let's go with Dirk Facer, followed by Josh Furlong of KSL. Hey, Mark, I finally figured this thing out. Um, hey, I ask you, there's, how you doing? There's a lot of, uh, the schedule's kind of, we've got a lot of games in November and December. Any concern if you do have fans that it's going to be a little cold that time of year, and was there a I noticed there were a lot of decisions like the Arizona, Arizona State game and the Los Angeles game being early in that. Is that, was that on purpose? Well, you might see me smiling because the fact that we're, we're talking about that shows that we, we might be making some progress because we're actually talking about games and, and where they land and if there will be snow. And uh, I'm sure the next question will be what time are these games are going to go. So it's just, it's fun to actually be talking about the typical uh, questions that you might get when the schedule comes out. But, you know, th this is a big geometry puzzle uh, that we put out today that had so many factors uh, going into it. Uh, we agreed as ADs early on, and our football coaches agreed that things like robberies would be secondary to being as strategic as we could to, to lay out the schedule. Um, just, again, so impressed uh, by the flexibility, the, the ability to move games back uh, to that open weekend in December, the fact that you'll see a lot of matching buys that will allow us to also use bye weeks. Those are the key factors uh, that went into to, to setting the schedule. And the others, although important to, to fan bases and, and important to student athletes and coaches, uh, rivalries, you know, those were just secondary as we, as we put all this uh, together. You know, the SCUCLA uh, in particular was, was early on this because thinking that, that they might not be able to, to go that one could very well go to the back end of the schedule and, and perhaps find its traditional space. So that's one of the reasons why you might see some of those rivalries a little bit earlier. Next is Josh Furlong to be followed by John Kuhn from the Associated Press. Mark, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you talked to us about the student testing, like the, the uh, coronavirus testing that's gone on. Is there a reason that the university is not releasing positive results, even if it's not specific athletes that had it, but just overall numbers, especially as, as some of these games moving forward may, obviously you're going to have to tell other teams if you can't play a week or something like that. Appreciate the question, Josh. That that's me. I'll own that decision. Uh, what I feel that, that is most important in this matter is that we, that we follow all the university and county and state guidelines as it relates to, to our testing. And so any, any results, positive, negative, uh, you know, we send on to, to the proper authorities, um, 
And I believe that's our obligation. I, I, I just don't believe our student athletes should be singled out in a population uh, for positives and negatives. And, and we've rolled in, in that direction. I believe in transparency. I think in this case, it's, it's also our obligation to protect the privacy of our student athletes. Um, to your question about uh, you know, working with institutions that as we play both in, in football or any other sport uh, that we play, we'll, we'll of course continue to fire, fire, follow, excuse me, all of the regulations and, and guidelines as expected by our conference. Next, John Kuhn, followed by Josh Newman. Mark, uh, just looking at kind of how the schedule came together, um, how much input did each conference member have in, in how the schedule was put together? And were there any specific considerations that you looked for in terms of scheduling with Utah? Well, very collaborative. As I said in the beginning, everybody certainly had a voice. Uh, early on, we created the Pac-12 football working group that has you know, tackled so many challenges. Uh, and I was honored to be a part of that group. Very beginning, working on return to play, return to practice, all those kind of things, and then quickly got into, you know, the schedule. Uh, certainly, that the work of that group was then presented to our head football coaches and athletic directors on a regular basis. So everybody had a voice. Uh, we also expected where we could to keep with our standards. So as, as the earlier question about if you have a six-day, uh, you know, you're on, you're at home before that. Um, you know, trying to be thoughtful in regards to to some of the you know, steps we've made in, in our schedules, uh, you know, to make them just better for everybody. So listen, like any schedule in any year, not everybody's happy. I mean, Utah opens up with two road games. That's not necessarily ideal for the University of Utah. Um, but on the backside, we'll have a bunch of home games. So, you know, at this point, I think everyone realized that in a year like this, uh, you know, everyone was going to have to give a little so that the conference could, could get everything that we needed for our 12 members. And, uh, at the end of the day, we're just very pleased to, to be at this point. We'll go next to Josh Newman, followed by Chris Kimrani. Mark, in terms of keeping the players safe, uh, I'm curious, how do you feel about Utah playing uh, not only two Friday night games, but also two Friday night games coming on, on short rest, which would eliminate one day of preparation and to make sure everything is in order in terms of safety uh, um, and medical protocols? Feel good about it. I don't think there's been any any uh, medical advice that has suggested a six day versus seven day versus fourteen day, etc., uh, related to COVID. That really has much difference to it. Um, you could also say if you play on Friday night, then you have the additional day for your following game. So you know, I think that that cuts both ways. Again, we'll come off home games uh, prior to that. So I'm I'm not concerned about it. Um, and, uh, you know, as such, you can see that we kept Friday games and I think some Thursday games within our schedule. We'll go to Chris Kimrani, followed by Sam Farnsworth. Hey, Mark, what's the contract status with the guaranteed game with Montana State? And are there plans to reschedule the Wyoming game or work anything else out on that front as well? Yeah, our intention is to continue to, to uh, work with those three institutions. Uh, that we're not able to play uh, this year. We're in ongoing conversations with all three of them to, to work some type of arrangement out, but we, we don't have definitive conclusions on, on, on any of those games, but it, there are ongoing conversations. We'll go to Sam Farnsworth from KSL TV, followed by Alex Markham. 
Hey, Mark. Sorry about that. A little slow on the unmute. <laughs> um, hey, uh, we see what's happening with, with the NBA in their bubble situation, how well that's going. And then you see the Major League Baseball where teams are traveling and more and more teams are starting to get COVID and, and, and having to delay games or postpone them. Um, with college football and the Pac-12, how many positive tests would it take for a game to be canceled or postponed or delayed? Um, and is that something that you're concerned about potentially? Of course, I'm concerned. You know, I mean, we, we said all along that we, we were, we'd had the benefit in the college football space to watch some of the pro leagues uh, get started. And now with our schedule, the NFL will, will start, I think, just a little bit before us. But obviously concerned. Um, I like the word the commissioner used earlier today. You know, we go in with a lot of humility uh, into the season, uh, knowing that we don't have a bubble environment uh, for our fall student athletes as they begin their competition. We're asking, uh, you know, of them so much already, but we also know that they have to do whatever they can to keep themselves, um, you know, safe from this virus when they're away from us. And we're proud of the Utah kids and, and taking that seriously. But as we go into this adventure, you know, this is an aspirational schedule. We recognize that. Uh, we built it to be flexible. Uh, we, we know that in the course of this, this schedule, there's going to be moments where a team uh, can't play. I mean, I think it would be foolish to not think that it won't happen. Specifically to what it will take uh, for a, a team to, to not travel, the league will continue to, to work on that. I think that's the next step in, in the ongoing collaborative process of working with our uh, medical team led, led by Dr. Ackerman. Uh, Oregon State is the chair. Um, we'll continue to work with them for what makes sense. I, I think that, you know, when you talk about how many on a football team it takes, I think you got to dig a little deeper. Um, do you have a position group uh, that, that can't go? And, you know, maybe that's six or seven young men, um, but then that, you know, you've kind of taken your football team uh, out, out of the mix if you lost a position. So it's hard to say a number. It's probably going to be more something about a position group. But again, I'm speculating. And until we all come back together and take a real good look at that, this gets back to us being a league only. We can be very collaborative. Uh, we can work together uh, to, to figure that piece out. And, and quite candidly, it's going to be a week by week uh, basis as we move forward. We'll go next to Alex Markham, followed by Dirk Facer. Hey, Mark. So Sam kind of took part of my question there. But um, just in your talks with the other athletic directors, um, I mean, how confident would you say that you and everybody are that you guys are either going to be able to actually start the season on time or even uh, be able to have a, a full season? I don't know the weather next week, right? I mean, I, and I think if you start predicting, um, you know, I, I just think you just put yourself in kind of a box. I'm confident in the work that we've done up until today to give ourselves the best possible chance. I'm confident in the incredible uh, you know, training staff and medical staff we have here at the University of Utah. I'm confident in the student athletes who have taken this so seriously. And I'm not talking just about football. I'm talking about all our student athletes. We have nearly everybody back uh, in some type of volunteer workout. I'm confident in everything they've done is giving us the best chance. But what we've learned about this virus is it's evil and, and it's, it's, it's relentless. And, you know, we just have to manage what comes. But we have such great people here at the University of Utah. Um, I'm very confident that we're, we're approaching it in the best possible way. We'll go to Dirk Facer, followed by Josh Furlong. Hey Mark, do you see any, uh, or 
Are you optimistic that you'll be able to have every fan that wants to come to the game come to home games, or do you anticipate empty stadiums? Or at this point, that you just kind of alluded to the virus being unpredictable. Is that kind of hey, I have to go into this right now, and not if someone says, hey, you can you can have crowds at the game, and you really can't answer it at this point? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that that we we, we know we will have limited um, and and minimized fans uh, at Rice-Eccles Stadium this fall. It breaks my heart. Um, you know, we have an, an unbelievable fan base here at the University of Utah. Um, and for for us to get to this point where we realize there's just real no path forward to to have close to 50,000 people uh, in, the, in the stands as we sit. So on this matter, you know, we continue to model uh, a few different levels uh, I think it's uh, probably within one or two weeks that we'll be really rolling out uh, to our fan base how that will work and you know the kind of numbers that will start off. We obviously have a, a little bit later home game. Um, you know we have we'll have a few more weeks uh, to monitor, but we do plan in the next couple of weeks to send to our constituents um, the the kind of the quantity, uh, the how we're going to do it, and the who. Uh, which are questions I recognize are on a lot of people's minds in the community. Um, you know, I really give a lot of credit to our event management staff who has been working with uh, a lot of different folks, including our, you know, obviously our medical folks and our university leadership to really come up with a real safe plan to get our folks in. You know, the schedule's now out today. We can see these dates. And now we know the next phase of all of this is to get the word out to our fans. And, and we look forward to doing that as soon as possible. Next is Josh Furlong, followed by Josh Newman. Mark, how did, how did uh, Oregon get added to that? Like, how does that decision get made? And then um, in relation to Oregon, does that change any of the, the future scheduling with them and how the rotation falls, or is this just a one-time deal no matter what? Yeah, it was really no rhyme or reason why it was Oregon over Stanford, uh, over whomever else was, was to be a buy. I can't recall off the top of my head right now, which is kind of that's the way it fell. Um, for various different reasons. Um, you know, we, we really tried to make the 2020 schedule uh, have no impact on the 2021 schedule. So I don't believe there'll be any impact to, to you know, to what that will be. Um, so really there was, there was no, you know, oh, they played each other in the Pac-12 championship game. Let's make sure they play this this year. There wasn't any of that. It was just kind of the way that it worked out. We'll go next to Josh Newman, followed by Tom Hackett. Mark, are you able to share um, where, excuse me, where President Watkins kind of fell on this thing? There was, you know, there was some talk of September 19th for a start, then it turned into September 26th. Are you able to share where she kind of fell on this whole thing? Well, you know, Ruth is an incredible uh, person, first of all, and, and also an incredible leader. And she and I have been in, in incredibly close communication. I gave her uh, you know, my opinion on, on where things should, should fall. Um, I'm not going to, you know, comment on her particular vote on any of that. That's a private matter, but it's fair to say we were absolutely aligned and, and we're both uh, very pleased to, to, to get to the point where we were able to release the schedule today. We'll go next to Tom Hackett. Mark, in the, in the PAC 12 memo released earlier this afternoon, it stated that 
Pac-12 student-athletes that decide to opt out of the season will remain on scholarship as well as in good stead with the conference. Do you have an idea at the minute uh, as to whether or not Utah will have any players that will not participate? And if you don't, which is what I'm assuming you'll say, when do you expect to learn uh, of the players that decide to opt out? Good to hear from you, Tom, as always. Um, yeah, I appreciate the question because it's a very important point to, to, to point out. I think the conference was the first out of the gate uh, to make it real uh, real clear across all our sports that if uh, you did not want to play due to this virus um, for whatever reason, whether it was uh, because you're affected by it or because of you know your mental state or whatever it might be, that, that you, your scholarship is retained and we march forward with you as in good standing. And that will absolutely be the case. Our coaches understand that and uh, we, we plan on doing that. It's the right thing to do. Uh, you know, as we sit here today, that has not come up, but I'm also not naive to think that it, that it won't. And when it does, uh, we'll welcome those, those young people and we'll work with them and, and uh, get them ready for, for next year. Don't see an indication of a next uh, question request. Does anybody have any more before we wrap up here? Okay, with that, we'll... All right, it sounds like we've reached our conclusion. That was Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan after the Pac-12 announced its uh, 10-game conference-only football schedule. Gordon, uh, he kind of got to a lot, but kind of the breaking news, I suppose, is uh, he is planning that there there are going to be fans, we don't know how many, but fans at games this year. Yeah, I think he he said it would be limited, uh, minimized... So uh, I wouldn't get uh, too fired up about it if I were a fan eager to be there, because I think it's just going to uh, it's going to be maybe every other every third or fourth fan that might want to go. However, I don't know how many people want to go. I mean, maybe people get so fired up for this sort of thing that they, regardless of uh, the risk, they want to show up. But I think they're going to be pretty careful about that. Well, he said it's not going to be fifty thousand. Fans, which yeah. which was not in the cards, uh, regardless, and so we'll see what the, what what plan he comes up with. Although it's not, as we've uh, discussed many times, it's not entirely up to him, uh, because I, I don't know uh, Salt Lake County is in the orange, whatever that means, but it it limits the amount of uh, ga- you, you know public people you can get into one place. So uh, certainly they're not going to break any laws, I would imagine. Yeah, and they'll. And he mentioned it. I think his quote was, "We'll have a few more weeks to monitor it because the Utes are playing those road games early on." Yeah, so maybe so that's it, good for them. That could it be. gives them more time to be able to figure out uh, what they should or shouldn't do. And you know, if things don't go well, then we we just don't know even how the schedule is even going to be played out or whether it will be played out at all is going to be all of this and you can hear it in harlan's voice that it's it's all on the table and the table's spinning right now yeah yeah and and so much could change in the next two weeks i mean it's just an eternity in this thing you you really never know but um, and he said he said jake they they were grateful they were happy they pleased i think that they could release the schedule today but there's a big old butt there uh, you know, nobody knows what the future is going to hold. And you heard what Mark said when he was asked about some of these future projections. He was like, I don't know what the weather is going to be. Yeah, and you don't. And that's why, and, and you and I have been on the same page uh, on this for the most part, I think, during this. You know, you make those plans. 
make make those plans because you got to do it. And if it's possible, you got to have a plan in place. You know, really carefully construct those plans and then be ready to change them. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, because be, not be, none be of flexible. us have been through this. We haven't been through this before, even though we've been undergoing it for uh, quite some time now, not as far as the football season goes. And so that that's part of what was so impressive about the, what the NBA was able to do last night. And uh, and it's a different circumstance, playing in a bubble, all that. But uh, folks just don't know how it's going to turn out. And uh, they're, they're planning. They're making all these plans. And he was asked a lot about that. He's asked about the, the rhyme and reason to adding Oregon as opposed to anybody else. And he uh, he said, it, I think his direct quote was, it was just the way it worked out. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there's there, there is some randomness to this and just trying to find a way. But there's no telling whether how it's actually going to turn out. Well, in that case, with the Oregon thing, they could only get Oregon or Stanford, right? I mean, it was one of those two that were not already on the schedule. So it's probably a bit of a rock, paper, scissors contest or something. <laughs> Although, you know, I mean, Oregon, I think most everyone is projecting uh, the Ducks to be, They're gonna be good. probably the best team in the league. But in this case, you know what, I, I don't expect the Utes to be one of the best teams in the league. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe they can give Oregon a, a tough test. But, it, you know, it's going to be another rough November for the University of Utah football program or into December in this case because that, that schedule is just brutal. But if, if there's any, you know, if there's any time to have a really brutal schedule, it's when you're not expected to win the league, probably, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. But everyone's schedule will be somewhat brutal. I mean, you're playing, you're obviously playing all uh, league games, so uh, it, that, that brings in a whole new intensity if you're able to actually play. All right, we'll get to more of Gordon's List coming up next. Gordon's List a little bit uh, disjointed today with all the different uh, press conferences. Don't forget Howard Beck at 4 o'clock. want to remind you about the fourth annual Ron McBride Love You Man Silent Auction. Going on now, auction uh, includes autographed helmets uh, and footballs from Utah BYU and the Super Bowl Kansas City Chiefs, plus power tools, trips, and services of all kinds. Uh, place your bid today at the Ron McBride Foundation.org. That site again, Ron McBride Foundation.org. That, uh, pardon, the Ron McBride Foundation.org. You can get in there and get in on some of those power tools, Gordon. What do you think? Oh, I'm all about the power that, tools. I, you know I knew that, that stood right out to you. That, yeah. that you I need mean, a new you belt sander. Yo, you should see the size of my tool chest. I mean, it's huge. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, does the does is it labeled Lisa on the front of the tool chest? <laughs> and does size matter? My, does it say know. Lisa's tools? Hey, 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 hey! Don't talk about my wife's chest. Ah, oh. come on, boo, boo, my chest. indeed. Stay tuned. Hey, you're, hey, next, you're the one. You're the one that did it. There's well, nobody to blame zone. but you. Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. <laughs> Yeah. 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Don't forget Howard Beck joins the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Make sure and stay tuned for that. Uh, we're having kind of a, a disjointed Gordon's list today because we're sandwiching in some media availability with the Pac-12 and with Mark Harlan. But now, Gordon, we have a, a few minutes to notch a couple items off. What's next? Yeah, I want to get back to that press conference in a second. But first, let me just go through a couple items. Did you guys see that uh, Bryson DeChambeau, he is, who's 26 years old, he says he wants to live to be about 130 or 140 years old? Yeah, I'm going to say that's probably not likely unless he's Moses all of a sudden. Wasn't Moses really old? Uh, well, I'm, I don't know. Uh, he he said that uh, his quote was, I really think that's possible with today's technology. Oh, I wish him luck. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. I said, good luck. Did you see and, uh, Brooks Kepka trolling him over the fire ant thing? Yeah, I did. Well, so, kinda, uh, everybody won't hit his ball because of a couple of ants. I know that uh, that he Bryson's been uh, bulking up a little bit. He's uh, been tra- you know training and whatnot. And there's nothing wrong with making a goal for yourself. I just wonder whether by the time he gets to a hundred, I wonder whether he'll want to keep going. You know, I don't know, but what a depressing thought. Give me four more decades. You know, I you know, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the, did you guys see that the 18 Marlins players with uh, the virus are being taken from Philly, where they've been staying, to Miami in buses? Uh, no, but I, I suppose that's not a big surprise. Uh, I, I guess. Uh, they, I don't know. They Could say, they figure out a charter, maybe? I think they said they were sleeper buses, so maybe they have beds in them. Are they, are they punishing them? Is that why they won't get them a charter? <laughs> you know what, guys? Know. You're coming back by bus. Maybe that'll uh, learn you. Speaking of the virus, let me, uh, and this is referring back to the, uh, the press conference that we just heard from Mark Harlan, Utah's athletics director. But uh, he was asked why the Utes won't release the names of the virus-infected players that are bound to, you know, come along. And Harlan said that players shouldn't be singled out. But they are football players, you know. I mean, they're not normal students. These are people that everybody knows, and they, they and everyone cares about what's going on on the field. What do you think about that? Do you think that's appropriate not to name the individuals or even to give the numbers? Uh, I, I'm not sure that the I don't know how willing they're going to be to do that. Um, yeah, I think it's appropriate, um, especially when it comes to singling out athletes. I, you know, HIPAA is something that I agree with. In fact, you know, I I. From my job perspective, I know it makes it more difficult, but I really personally do not have a problem with them not uh, reporting injuries to these these students. I mean, we don't really have a, a right to know. And if you think if you think about it, the only reason we know about injuries in the, at the professional ranks because it's this weird wink wink nod nod deal that they have with the gamblers. I mean, th- there's really no right for us to know that information about anybody injuries or COVID-19 aside. Now, that's different, I suppose, than than revealing the overall numbers. And maybe there's a different discussion to be had there. But as far as, you know, not specifically naming out, you know, why somebody is is not playing or not with the team. I mean, conceptually, I'm, I'm very much on board with that. Harlan was asked how many athletes it would take uh, to for them to be infected to uh, postpone games. He essentially said he doesn't know. Yeah, it was hard to, to pinpoint a number. He talked about position groups and whatnot. Um, 
But then I thought he was also rather forthcoming when he said it would be foolish to think it won't happen. Yeah, well, I think it's that's gonna, just it's realistic. Happen. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's that's just some some realism right there, and they just need to be honest. This whole thing, if if they're going to have privacy of not having to to report the numbers in any sort of uh, official capacity, which uh, that appears that's what they're going to do, then we really have to rely on the athletics department being honest, don't we? So I hope they're worthy of that trust, because there would be a temptation not to be right. There would be. So, I don't know. I don't know where you stand on that, Gordon. But I mean, Utah's asking for some trust in this situation here. Jake, you and I were talking about this earlier, but I want to expand on a little bit. I, I can't remember how much of it we actually talked about on the air. But uh, if everyone wanted the big games up front in the Pac-12 schedule, USC, UCLA, and the and the like. Then why are the Utes' first games less than scintillating? I mean, at Wazoo. So we're speculating here. I, I, well, Larry Scott apparently addressed this in a part of his press conference that we did not air, and said that the reason SC and UCLA and Arizona and Arizona State are playing is because that the those states are COVID nineteen hotspots, and having them play each other gives them additional flexibility. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm buying that explanation entirely, but that's the explanation he's giving. But yeah, I mean Utah. I I don't think Utah is going to be a marquee team this year, and the Pac-12 probably, you know, if they're marketing the big games toward the beginning of the season because they know they're going to happen. Um, you know, I don't know if Utah would qualify as that this year. They would have last year, but I don't I don't know if they would this year. I I I think uh, if. If if what we suspect might be true, that they really do want to put those marquee games out front, I think that is somewhat disrespectful to the Utes. Um, I understand what you were saying, but still, Utah football is Utah football. It should be, I, I, I think it deserves a little more. Than, than Wazoo, no no offense. Right, uh, but, I mean, Utah football still doesn't move the national uh, needle like some other football programs out there, through no fault of their own. I mean, not a big market, Salt Lake City. I mean, you, uh, BYU in our own market gets better ratings than Utah does. What about Oregon, Oregon State? Uh, well, I don't think the, the Beavs are a bigger name than the Utes, I suppose, but Oregon yeah. certainly is. I thought it was interesting in the Pac-12 press conference, Larry Scott was asked about the legal action that could be taken by non-conference foes who uh, feel as though they've been stiffed, and maybe they have been stiffed. I thought that was interesting how Larry uh, passed on that question. He he passed it along to someone else who didn't answer it so well either. Yeah, he uh, Uh, passed it on to the Arizona State AD who just happened to have a law degree. degree. So Larry's like, oh, hey, let's pass it to the lawyer. Uh, That's the only thing they could do, though, right? I mean, the the conference actually has nothing to do with uh, their negotiations with non-conference opponents. I mean, that doesn't fall under their umbrella. So I I guess I wouldn't expect Larry Scott to have an opinion on that. I mean, if if Larry Scott were telling Utah what they could or could not do with their non-conference uh, contracts, we'd probably be complaining about that, right? I mean, it's not really, it's not really falling under his umbrella. You know, I want to circle back on on the 
what we mentioned earlier about the players having the opportunity to opt out if they don't want to play. Uh, we talked about that with NFL players and, and uh, professional players. But I think that's really important for college players to be able to have that option without losing their scholarship. I, I, I wonder if that's the way it's really going to work. That's the way it should work. And that's what they're saying is going to happen. But you know how coaches are sometimes. Do you think there will be some uh, comeuppance in that regard? What do you mean by comeuppance? Do you mean comeuppance like like pressure? Like coaches will be pressuring yes. the players? Oh, and yeah. If they, and if they don't, then will that cost them as far as opportunities on down the line? 100% for sure. Well, that sucks. That does suck. And again, we're 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 going to rely on the uh, the honest behavior of coaches to treat those situa- situations correctly. But do I think that that will happen in college football? Uh, you bet. And, well, and Mark maybe Harlan not- said Mark Harlan said it would be different. He said, "quote We'll work with these people uh, and get them ready for next year because it's the right thing to do." Uh, the scholarship will be retained. I I I think you're right, Jake. You know, my experience with a lot of football coaches through the years is behind closed doors, they can get pretty uh, pretty hard. Well, and I think you know more than the coaches. Maybe even they'll get internal pressure from teammates. Huh, that's interesting. I, really? I don't think that's avoidable, I mean, though. I really okay, don't. Okay, but I, wait, wait a minute. So some of these folks have good reasons. It's not just a matter of quote-unquote chickening out. I mean, if you know that somebody has relatives that are vulnerable and let's say they're living at home or they have some connection in that regard, if you're a teammate, I understand you want to win games and you're out there busting your hump. You want your teammates to be there as well. But not every circumstance is the same. Yeah, no argument here, but I, it's going to happen. And and maybe uh, some teams are more understanding than others. Maybe some coaches are under more understanding than others. I just, uh, you know what I'll pay attention to, or maybe I won't pay attention to this on purpose because it would just make me mad. But, you know, if there are players that opt not to play and we find out who they are, I hope that they don't get uh, scurried off later, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like maybe exactly. their 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 scholarship is retained and and maybe they come back, but you know maybe when this all blows over, then they're encouraged to find somewhere else to play. I hope, I hope that that does not happen if players do choose to opt out. But I, uh, you know, to say that there won't be any pressure and uh, there's certainly going to be. Now, <laughs> now it's the university's responsibility and obligation to do what Mark Harlan did right there. I think, and I think that's the correct thing to do. I don't know how you would. Uh, hedge out that pressure because it's going to be there. Oh well, oh yeah. How do you? I don't think you can, because it's the coach that obviously can make decisions, and the AD isn't going to swoop in and say, "Hey, play the guy." I know you're mad because he, he skipped out a year, but play him. And the coach says, "Hey, man, it's my job." Yeah, the, the AD will be on uh, to other things at that point, too. I guess that's what I'm saying. I, I keep an eye on that because when everything blows over and nobody's paying attention anymore, you know, do these, these coaches uh, – and even, you know, Gordon, maybe they wouldn't do it on purpose. Maybe it would be, you know, 
I don't know, out of sight, out of mind, that kind of thing. Uh, maybe it's not quite so vindictive, but you know, I do think that unfortunately for some, if players opt out, there there may be consequence, and, and certainly there's going to be pressure from coaches and teammates alike. And I don't know, I don't think you can get around that. I really don't. Well, that's unfortunate. I mean, this is a unique situation, um, but uh, I, I think that sucks. I really do, given this particular case. And if you have exposure to someone who is vulnerable, who is either a brother or a sister or mom or dad or whoever it might be, uh, this may be one of those times when when the supposed teammates or coaches need to just uh, put a cork in it. But it's, I mean, it's happened already. I mean, it's happened in the NBA. It's happened in Major League Baseball. I'm sure it'll happen in the NFL, too. Yeah. Well, and, and well, okay. I don't know how often it is. Well, and, and and it's a lot different depending on a player's circumstance. Like the the corner for Virginia Tech that just announced that he's he's not going to play. That dude's going to be a first rounder. What about the guy yeah. who's scrapping to get drafted? Or or in the NBA circumstance, maybe there's some uh with the expanded rosters, there's some borderline players that uh, that may or may not be uncomfortable with it, but this is their shot at the brass ring. So, I mean, that's pressure, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, there's, the, there's nothing you can do about it. It brings back the question about players playing in bowl games, you know, who might be headed to the draft and they just don't want to mess with that. Yep. Yep. But this is what you get, especially at the college level where guys are not being remunerated the way they, they typically would be at the professional level and others, at least not at least not schools that don't play in the SEC. Well, I mean, I mean, think about that was a joke. I know. I, yeah. I enjoy your SEC humor. But but what if you're, say, Cam Rising, and maybe you're not 100% comfortable in playing? There's no way if I were him I'm sitting out. Not a chance. Hmm. Yeah, okay. It depends. It depends. But there are other aspects to the whole thing, too, that come into play that, that uh, I hope teammates and coaches will take into consideration that are pretty darn important. All right, we'll have a Mountain America market update for you coming up next. Howard Beckett for Stay tuned, the big show on a Friday, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 the zone in the zone sports network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for another Mountain America market update. Let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our good friend TJ Walk. What's going on, TJ? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, guys. Gordon, welcome back. We missed you last time I was on here. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Let's talk yeah. about uh, how we wrapped up the old week, TJ. How did we do? You know, it was an interesting day in the markets. Uh, things started down uh, between the Dow Jones and the S&P 500 and then came swinging back up to close positive. So the Dow Jones finished up right around 115 points, and the S&P 500 finished up at about 25 points for the day. So what, we, what you were seeing today were a lot of the big tech companies reporting positive earnings. Apple, Amazon, and Facebook all posted big gains in second quarter uh, that seemed to drive things up here towards the end of the day. So uh, nice, positive way to end the week. So, uh, TJ, what are your 
tips for the day? My tip for the day is don't compare yourself to anybody financially. Uh, There's always going to be someone who makes more than you. There's always going to be someone who makes less than you. There's always going to be someone in a seemingly better position or a seemingly worse position, but none of those are indicative of where you are on your path to success. Um, We live, and I mean, you know, sports is is the ultimate analogy of just competition. You know, there's always a winner and there's always someone who comes out on the other end. Here at Mountain America, we work with everyone uh, here at the credit union, and we're able to see everybody from lots and lots of money and lots and lots of earnings to not as much. And we see positive, happy financial uh, success with our members who have their plan and stick to it. And I think a lot of that comes from just knowing that this is where they are and that's where they're trying to go. And there may be people who are doing different things, and that's okay. So avoid, avoid comparing yourself to other people financially. Just know that you can be successful no matter where you're at. TJ, you're the best. Thanks, as always, for jumping on with us, man. Hey, guys, it's good to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Back at you, TJ. That's our friend TJ Walk from Mountain America Investment Services, and that is another Mountain America market update. Investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed, and loss of principal is possible. All right, Gordon, a little update there. Tech companies making money. How about that? What a shock. Yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, Jake, I'm getting tired of you being so jealous of all the money that Austin makes. So I hope you were listening to what DJ I was. Said there. I was. I was taking notes. Yes, I'm. Uh, we're all trying to uh, to catch up with Austin. It's true. <laughs> gonna have to be. I'm gonna be have to be savvy. Maybe even a little cutthroat to get there, but I can do it, Gordon. Just remember, you can define success in a lot of different ways. And just because Austin makes twice as much as you, there's no reason for you to be upset about. I agree. That's why I never bring it up. I don't know why you just did. You're trying to, to create tension between Austin and myself. <laughs> Are you jealous that we still get to look at one another every day? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to give you some business. That's all. I and, and if it. I make double what Jake makes, what does Gordon make? Oh my goodness, Gordon uh, Austin. By the way, wearing his normal Red Friday shirt today, Gordon. In case you were wondering, that has still continued. Oh, okay. Are you still uh, rocking your normal show attire, the uh, the bikini briefs and open bathrobe? No, no, I have never done that. That's I, uh, not what you told us before. No, I no, I have never said that. I've never told you. Yeah, it was a closed was... bathrobe. Excuse me, the tie was fastened. <laughs> loosely. Very uh, loosely. Especially no. you told us earlier that you're the only one home, so I, that's pretty much a guarantee that the, the briefs in the bathrobe are making an appearance, right? I was just picturing Will Ferrell's character in Wedding Crashers. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so hold on here. Lisa, the meatloaf! <laughs> when you're home alone, do you walk around naked? Yeah, when I'm home with my family. Uh, I do not, no. I, I'm, usually, I'm usually clothed even when I'm home alone. Have you ever walked around the house naked? Ever in my life? Sure. But I don't make a habit of it, certainly. You don't, you're not comfortable doing that? I don't know if comfort has anything to do with it, but no, I don't do that. <laughs> Maybe others aren't comfortable with I, them doing see, it. See, I enjoy like uh, like sweatpants or pajama pants, that sort of thing, so I'll just go with that. Too hot. Austin, it sounds to me like you have, you have uh, pulled that off before. 
quite literally. That's one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. The the summer and springtime months at the Horton household are nude months. So that's really? just the way it goes. Oh, yeah. Is that true? Yeah, 100%. Save on, now, save on the old AC bill. Gordon's Wait, a little too you, uh, <laughs> probative about this, no? I mean, is this something you it's really want to... just wanna, a naked you, man. You want to investigate? You want to get into this further? Oh, wait a minute. It's not just a naked man. It sounded to me like Whitney was doing that, too. Don't you talk about my wife that way! <laughs> <laughs> I got... I got no problem with it. I think if that's uh, uh, where what makes you most comfortable. Yeah, but you don't live next to Austin. <laughs> Austin going out to pick up the mail. We've got blinds <laughs> on the windows. Oh, we know that because the, the, the blind people had to get their <laughs> yes. acts together. Yeah, we, I've heard that before. All right, coming up next. By the way, you guys, let me just give you a little uh, heads up here. You are going to love the not sports report today and why are you going to love it so much Sounds because like you, you you are going to kill me you are going to kill me for this one and i had nothing to do with it but there might be some connections that you two will draw you're already passing the buck and we're an hour away you're already blaming somebody else this must be a doozy well i i just i just know how you guys roll you are going to love it all right stay and, tuned uh, yeah <laughs> I, I i probably shouldn't do it uh, but but I kind of have to now. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.